Hello, friends. I am not Jared Cornut. Jared is putting his babies to bed and could not join us tonight on this kind of ninth hour recording uh, before our Tuesday date with you all for the Potluck Podcast. We're glad you have joined us today. Jay Allen Murray is with me from the friendly confines of North Carolina. How are you doing, Allen? Doing well. I uh, hated I couldn't be with you guys last week, but enjoyed some vacation in Western North Carolina back in Jared Cornut and I's old neck of the woods. Uh, but good to be back. I did the most fabulous thing I think I've ever done today. Uh, I went to a practice business meeting for a business meeting. Uh, our annual meeting of the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina is coming up and we had a run through. And so I thought that was the most Baptist thing I've ever done. We even had food afterwards. I would say that was the most Baptist part of it. But then again, we rejected the fellowship meal thing. So I don't know if we can really say that anymore. We did not. A subcommittee of the executive committee rejected it. Fair enough. So it's not a downgrade after all. Well, it's good to see you. And uh, in our neck of the woods, things are going well. This is our annual meeting week for the Collin Baptist Association. We're going to gather on Thursday and uh, then November, both of the Texas conventions will have theirs, one in Galveston and one in East Texas in a town that I can't remember the name of it, uh, but we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks where I hope that I can get my sermon prep done. Uh, But speaking of busy, my notifications have been busy the last couple of days because I was asked to write a response to an article that had run on the Religion News Service, I believe it's called. And uh, basically, I just kind of clued off of the quote, since 2018, the Southern Baptist Convention has lost a series of high-profile leaders whose tenures ended due to controversy or misconduct. And then I said, maybe the author is looking for leaders in all the wrong places. Added that the vast majority of Southern Baptist pastors are in towns you've never heard of, pastoring churches you will never spot on Outreach's fastest growing churches list. After all, the ACP data in 2020 revealed the Southern Baptist Convention had almost 48,000 churches with 4.4 million in average attendance. In other words, the typical Southern Baptist church averages 92 people on Sunday mornings. Before we dive into the leadership that is found within churches like that. Let's talk about the quote-unquote small church side of the Southern Baptist Convention. Jay Allen, you are not in a mega church. Your church runs what? Yeah, we, we run uh, between 45 and 55 on a Sunday morning. Uh, we're, not a, we're not a mega church by any stretch of the imagination. However, you are nominated for the president of the pastor's conference there in North Carolina. You're active in your association. You're active in the state convention. Of course, you go to the annual meeting. And so you are a picture, as am I, of what I was writing about in this this article, this response, uh, that it's the messengers like us, messengers from average no-name churches who, as that article put it, wrestled control of the sex abuse task force investigation away from the EC in a vote from the meeting for. So the question that was posed in that original article was, can anyone lead the Southern Baptist Convention forward? And then my premise was that they already are. They, 
are the guys outside of the limelight, like Jay Allen, Jared, myself, who are leading the Southern Baptist Convention. And so let's talk about that just a little bit. When we think of those that are leading in the Southern Baptist Convention, we think of the big name, high profile guys, uh, but really in each of our churches, our 48,000, as I said earlier, uh, churches are 47 and a half thousand, where we think of that, that each of those churches, autonomous, are leading in their neck of the woods in various ways. Uh, why does that matter when we look at the greater SBC? Uh, majority of churches are, are normative-sized churches that are giving together, cooperating together. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about state convention annual meetings towards the end of the podcast, but I think that there are a lot of churches in even smaller state conventions or joint state conventions uh, like you have in New England or with Pennsylvania and New Jersey um, or in the Pacific Northwest where you have uh, even conventions that don't have a whole lot of notoriety um, in the limelight, so to speak, but we're all cooperating together. If it wasn't for all of us coming together, there would be no Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, those uh, spots that are filled on committees, uh, those trustees that are appointed, they're not just coming from states like North Carolina or Texas or Alabama or Georgia that are large giving churches. They're coming from, uh, or conventions rather, they're coming from Montana, they're coming from New England. Uh, it, it takes all kinds from all places to make it work. Yeah, and, and that was something that was in the back of my mind as I was writing it, is we have those uh, people that are presidents, our entity leaders, our trustee boards, all of that kind of stuff. And all of those are critically important for the work that we do as Southern Baptist churches. But their work can't be done if it's not for those 47,592 churches that I mentioned uh, at the start of this segment. And, uh, and I think of that in terms of our church back in Mayhill is when I was a pastor, obviously I did a lot. I preached, I would open the doors, I would turn on the coffee maker, I would do often the music and so forth. But as we were growing, I certainly could not do everything myself. I required leaders and volunteer leaders, of course, in a lot of the areas that I couldn't do with the time that I had. And so we had volunteer children's ministers or volunteer youth directors or music leaders and all of that kind of stuff that helped make the church function and go because I couldn't do it all on my own. And so the same thing with our entity heads, we've got the IMB. Uh, what, what was the little quote that was out there? No drama, Chitwood. I'm okay with that moniker. Uh, Chitwood is about the mission at hand and I'm grateful for him. He's doing a wonderful job at the IMB. We've got Ezel at the North American Mission Board. We've got six great seminary presidents, and we're going to talk about the hire one of them made in just a moment. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the EC that kind of keeps a lot of those things moving and, and the trains running on time, so to speak. But none of that really matters if we don't have those 47,000 churches engaged week in and week out, the ones that show up on Sundays. Yeah, even when you think of those entities, uh, it's been made so abundantly clear by uh, Dr. Chitwood and so many others that uh, the IMB does not send missionaries. Churches do. Uh, that The missionaries that we're sending out and supporting as the Southern Baptist Convention through the IMB are coming out of local churches. Uh, when you think of the seminaries, uh, the students that they're receiving that are benefiting greatly with a tuition discount through the cooperative program are coming out of our churches. Um, I know when I was in high school, 
my plan when I got out of high school was to go to Liberty University because that was the only place that I knew of that was remotely close to home that was an evangelical college. Uh, and then my youth pastor said, uh, you know, there's an undergraduate program at Southeastern, right? And I said, well, you could have told me that like a year ago. Uh, but it was because my pastor in a, a local church uh, told me about the ministry of the seminary uh, that that I went to the undergraduate at, at Southeastern. Uh, any of our colleges and our seminaries, the, the greatest advocates they have are not even their own websites or their professors, but the pastors who have come out of those schools. Uh, they can say, hey, I went here. This is what I've, I've experienced. And even, even way back uh, before the days of conservative resurgence, I know guys that, that went to the seminaries when they were liberal that can turn around and say, hey, here's what I've been through. Here's where we're at right now. And here's why I think we, you're, you can go to a good place. Uh, over and over again, it comes back. Uh, like you said, to the local church, there would be no uh, SBC if it were not for the local church. Yes. The SBC is not run by elites, but rather the ordinary people who simply show up and lead. They unlock the doors on Sundays. They brew the coffee. They adjust the thermostat. They teach a Sunday school class. They rock a baby. They preach a sermon and they go to the nations with the gospel or plant churches in hard to reach areas. The true leaders of the SBC are the ones leading their churches to give through the cooperative program, as you were just talking about, as we aim to send missionaries and church planters, the true leaders of the SBC are reaching their community schools and neighbors for Jesus. The true leaders of the SBC may not have a glossy business card with a fancy title or even have a title at all, but they are leading now. And so as my encouragement said, if you want to find the leaders of the SBC, Visit First Baptist Church of anywhere or blank Baptist Church, wherever. Find you a Southern Baptist Church and simply look around. Because while we must have entity heads, while we must have trustees and all of that, the true leaders of the SBC are already leading now right before your eyes. And I mentioned our six seminaries. We've got six of them, Gateway, New Orleans, Southeastern, Midwestern, Southern, and of course, Southwestern. And they announced today another big hire. Southern Baptist thought leader Daniel M. Darling has been named director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. As Dr. Greenway announced today, he will serve under presidential appointment as assistant professor of faith and culture at Texas Baptist College, Southwestern Seminary's undergraduate School and Greenway added the appointment of Dan Darling to lead the Land Center underscores our commitment to provide the very best theological education for men and women preparing to serve the churches of the SBC, as we were just talking about. So what are your thoughts on this? Good, bad, indifferent, happy? What is it? Um, I don't know that I have a whole lot of uh, thoughts. I've just I've followed him on social media. Um, I know he's had a, a you know, kind of a tough go of it lately with his job. But uh, I do know that what I read, uh, Dr. Greenway posted that he was very excited about it. And um, I, I think that's a good thing. Dr. Greenway is doing great work down there at Southwestern. Um, there's just great teams assembled teaching in our seminaries and all of the seminaries. Uh, and so I know it's been a huge time of change and transition for Southwestern over the last three or four years. And um, Midwestern has had a huge change in the last 10 years. Uh, I was listening to our friends at SBC this week uh, talk about the seminary reports on one of their latest episodes and just talking about the tremendous growth in all of them. And so anytime uh, there's there's good things going on in our seminaries, they're benefiting all of our churches and benefiting our, our work to the nations. 
For those that don't know, the Land Center was established in 07 in honor of Richard D. Land, who led the ERLC for 25 years until his retirement. And uh, the center focuses on the study and research of ethics, public policy, and other cultural and philosophical issues. And we'll put some information about this in the show notes as well. But Dan, darling, I don't know if you'll be listening to this, but a big hearty congrats from me and Jay Allen. We're glad that you're there and excited for the days ahead for Southwestern and all of our six seminaries as we were sharing earlier. Another thing that's happening really kind of right now, you mentioned you went to a practice for your annual meeting. Uh, we had a walkthrough for our annual meeting. And uh, and then I think Texas got theirs coming up in November. This is sort of annual meeting season with our local associations, many of them having theirs, with our state conventions, many of them having theirs. Uh, this is a chance for pastors that we talked about, uh, the leaders, the guys out of the limelight, all of that kind of stuff, to be able to be within driving distance any given day for their annual meeting wherever they live. And uh, so it's a great chance for everybody to be involved. And there's a reason uh, that as we were talking about this before we went live, uh, Jay Allen, uh, that you think this is very important as we look to kind of what happened in New York. Uh, so how many were at New York's annual meeting? And uh, why why might we be excited when we can have a little more than that? If, if I heard the numbers right, it was 23 churches represented. Um, I, it's amazing that they didn't have to have a quorum of more churches than that to be able to meet. If they did, they would be in trouble. Um, the, the, if you can go... Uh, to your your annual meeting for your state mission board or state convention or network, uh, whatever you call it, they're they're all basically state conventions. Go if you can, uh, even if you can't show up for the whole thing. If you can just show up for for a day, uh, some of them go for two days. Like with us, we have the pastors conference on a Sunday and Monday morning, and then Tuesday and Monday are the business sessions. Um, they are so encouraging. Uh, I think if more people showed up. They would they would be bought in a little more. One of uh, one of my deacons at church said when he first went to the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina annual meeting, he thought it was going to be a big, long, boring business meeting. He said, "I left having okay. revival uh, because of all the great preaching and music and reports, learning about what goes on. Uh, go if you can. Uh, like I say, even if you can only go for for one day, if you can't make all the sessions, it's it's so worth it. It's always a blessing. Uh, at least it is in North Carolina. Yeah." Yeah, and I think it, it, it's kind of like when we do the Lottie Moon stuff and the Annie Armstrong stuff, it gives you a face to a lot of what we're about and what we support. And you get to see your presidents, you get to see your fellow pastors, you get to see a lot. And a lot of times they can be kind of like a family reunion, like we talk about with the SBC annual meeting, uh, just on a state side or a county or, or an area uh, side of things, because we are often spread out all over the place. North Carolina might be a little bit different, but here in Collin, you know, you you can pass a number of churches on the way, but they may not be uh, your Southern Baptist brothers and sisters, maybe from a different persuasion. Uh, but when you can get together and just worship uh, as fellow pastors and church leaders, uh, get to see what your association or your state is doing to advance the kingdom and what you are taking a part of, in some small measure, as a church family, that again goes back to who is leading the Southern Baptist Convention, and it's great to be involved. And so if you can go, by all means, go. If it hasn't happened yet, uh, make sure you register or just register as a, 
uh, as a guest and just kind of see what it's like. Uh, we, we allow uh, really kind of quite a few to be able to come as messengers, but really have no limits when it comes to guests. And we're hoping to have about 150 to 200 in attendance for ours, plus the exhibitors and so forth. And so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the two Texas conventions. I'll be able to go as a guest for one of them and a messenger for the other. And uh, But that's our encouragement for you. Uh, a, a couple of things. The one we celebrate with Dan Darling uh, and his appointment there at Southwestern Seminary. We also encourage you, if you want to see who is leading the Southern Baptist Convention, take a look at any Southern Baptist church and you will find nursery directors and song leaders and pastors and everybody else that may not even have a title who is leading. And then they often will gather together for local association meetings and state convention annual meetings uh, where we can realize how much more we can do together. And so thank you for tuning in. And Jay Allen, why don't you send us out? Friends, we are glad that you have joined us again for another episode of the Potluck Podcast. We hope that you have had your fill, that you have had your full, uh, that you will root for the Braves during the World Series, no. and that you will join us again, no. same Baptist time, same no. Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends. Go Astros. <laughs>